The Eldritch Files. Hi, I'm State Senator Jamie Eldridge. Welcome to another episode of The Eldridge Files. It's a podcast I've been doing for the past two years. And Happy New Year to everyone. For the past couple podcasts, I've had a focus on criminal justice reform uh, with a particular emphasis on solitary confinement. And so I want to welcome Jarrell uh, for coming on The Eldridge Files. Jarrell, uh, great uh, to see you again. Uh, likewise, thank you for having me. Uh, really honored to, to have you on the podcast and uh, I've seen you at a couple different events and then most recently you spoke uh, with other returning citizens on the at the solitary confinement press conference yeah, at the yeah. state house mm -hmm. so really appreciate you doing that and speaking out about your experiences and just wondering if if um, just getting to know you a little bit is if you could talk about uh, where you know where'd you grow up and, and yeah. what was life like early on uh, well um for starters, uh, I come from a military family. Okay. So mm -hmm. um, I was born in Texas. You know, we were moving all over the place. Born in Texas. Uh, my mother is Hawaiian. Wow. Uh, by way of Philippines. So mm -hmm. and uh, my father is um, from the Caribbean. He's from Trinidad. Oh wow. So that's okay. how they met. They met in the military. So like I was born in Texas. Grew up in Germany. Grew up in Hawaii. Wow. And before we came to Boston, um, we was in North Carolina, Fayetteville. Okay. Um, I don't want to chop and screw it. I don't want maybe maybe Fort Bragg, right? Is that Fort Bragg down there? So that's where <laughs> we grew so. up. Yeah. So yep. um, grew up there. Came to Boston like 1995. Okay. You know, just in time for like middle school. So. And and if I'm just curious, how did you? Why did your family decide to move up here? Uh, my father's family uh, is from Boston. Okay. So they were okay. from Boston. So uh, the f the house in North Carolina got too small. You know, mm -hmm. um, had a little brother. My little brother was born uh, at that time. Mm -hmm. So it was just only right. We came up, came up north to Boston to okay. the code. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and how how was that? What neighborhood did you grow up in Boston? Uh, I grew up in Dorchester. I'm from Dorchester. Okay. From more uh, specifically, the Common Square section, Common Square section of uh, Dorchester. So that's where I grew up. Okay. And what is what is that section of Dorchester like? What was Dorchester like back then? Um, I mean back then it was it is it is inner city. Um, mm -hmm. it was it was rough. You know, coming from where I grew up at in uh, North Carolina, it was definitely a, you know, uh, a shift, you know, as far as um, the dynamics of what's going on. You know, um, I grew up uh, a lot of uh, gun violence, right, street culture. Um, mm -hmm. So I was kind of introduced to that. Okay. So it was, um, yeah. Okay. And, and um, you, what school did you go to? Like, what high school did you go to? Uh, oh, uh, high school, I went to Madison. Okay. Right in Roxbury, Madison Park, Tech and Folk. Um, actually learned something there. Electricity, that's why I picked up electricity. Oh, okay. Um, and in middle school, I went to Woodrow Wilson. I okay. think it's still there. I think it's, yeah, Woodrow Wilson's still there, so. And how were, how were the schools, in your opinion? Were they, were they helpful? Uh, I mean, school, I, I have my own opinion on, on school, on the schooling system. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, they're not really designed to, like, you know, keep uh, kids you know, uh, in, in, a, in the inner city, kind of like focused, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like a circus, you know, or when I was going to school back then, yeah. anyways. Um, so like, uh, it was kind of sort of like gladiator school in another way. I learned a lot of things from school. Okay. Um, got exposed to a lot of, 
Um, but like I said, Madison, I do give Madison its um, props, mm-hmm. being the only vocational school in the area. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of people I know, even myself, learned some trades. Okay. So yep. that was good. And, and so uh, when, when you spoke at the press conference, as we've talked about before, you, you spent about 10 years in, in prison, is that correct? Yeah, 10 years. Okay. 10 years and is there. that uh, county, state, diff- different? Yeah, different county. Uh, in the beginning it was county, and then eventually it was state, all state time. Okay, okay. And, and talk about uh, what was that experience like, and, and you know, what were your interactions with? Uh, like with, you know, other inmates with with guards. What what was the experience like? I uh, well, can't I imagine it, but yeah, I mean, I went in young, um, young. Uh, I think I got locked up, nineteen, maybe mm-hmm. nineteen, eighteen, around that age. So, you know, I was just um, the only thing I knew was, you know, um, you know, violence, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know how to like articulate my words yet, or like, so it's like, so I got mm-hmm. locked up young. So then mix that with, you know, um, how the mentality is in there as far as when it comes to guards or as far as how they're trying to treat people or how they do treat people. I mean, mm-hmm. that's alone a bad mixture. So so um, in the beginning, I had it kind of rough. Because mm-hmm. so. I would imagine, and, you know, I've, I've been to probably about half of the state uh, prisons in Massachusetts now touring, you know, sitting down with, with inmates and, right. you know, so many uh, were um, put in prison age 18, 19, 20, and you're obviously with a population where there are people there, you know, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, and yet is is there any sort of a combination or recognition that you're going in so so young? Um, no, not really. Yeah. No, no. Uh, well, because at a time, I think I got um got locked up around 2006. Mm-hmm. So at that time. I was like one of the first, or when I got locked up and I got sent to, I was like almost the only youth there, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm always around like, you know, like you said, older individuals. And then um, when I went to Walpole, there was only like a small group of us, right, who are like that age. So Mm -hmm. we kind of like clicked together. But um, yeah, it's like, there's no introduction or like meeting for like all the young cats going in there. So you gotta kind of like learn as you go, you know, stay humble and, you know, come out in one piece, so to say. And in part of your time, uh, just because I represent that area, it was was it Sousa Baranowski? Yep. Yeah. Sousa. And that's a tough place. I hear a lot about it. I you know go there a lot, and they continue to have a lot. There's a lot of tension in the in the prison. Yeah. Um, if 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 I can ask, what was your experience like there? Uh well, I was in Walpole. It was, at the time, there was two mm-hmm. maximum securities mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, so. I was in Walpole. Um, maybe considered maybe maybe the worst out of the two. I don't know, but um, mm-hmm. I was in Walpole, and they shut Walpole down, and uh, so they shipped all of us to Susan Baranowski, right? Mm-hmm. So then, as soon as we got there, I'm pretty sure you heard this all in the paper. Like it was straight chaos. Yeah. As soon as we got there, um, COs was all like on guard. Like mm-hmm. they was all the way turned up for some reason. Um, so it was like we had to just go through all that chaos and confusion. So it mm-hmm. was like it was kind of rough first going there anyway. But um, mm-hmm. so Baranowski it, it has not changed. Yeah, you know um, I, I talked to um, you know dudes in there call me. Um, yeah. I got family members in there. 
So it has not changed, not one bit. So it's still the same, mm -hmm. you know. And it is, you know, I have a general sense, but, you know, sometimes when I tour the facility, I don't get a full idea of the programming. But, you know, what was education programming, vocational? Were there things to keep you occupied, or, or was it pretty limited? Or uh, Well, you got to understand, Susan Baranowski, uh, Shirley Max is like the bottom. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the bottom of the barrel. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing there. Uh, Even though it's a new prison, I mean, it's... Yeah, it is. It is, it is fairly new. Yeah. I think I built, what, 2000 or something? But, um... Mm -hmm. As far as what they got there, um, they do, of course, every facility you go to will have some type of programming. Yeah. But yeah. effective programming, no. Um, how it is, is so structured, I mean, mm -hmm. or like so segregated, you know, you, mm -hmm. it's hard for you to even go anywhere, right? Yeah. And then um, some of the programs um, are either like, I want to say ancient in a way, mm -hmm. right? You know, we got smartphones and all this other stuff out here, so... Some of the programs are kind of outdated, and um, you know some guys in there doing the same programs back to back. You yeah. know, just just cause. Just to do them. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it's really not in there. You know. So you didn't learn a trade, or you felt like you didn't learn anything as far as furthering your education. Nah, well, well, not to not to not to um, you know, talk bad about all the programs. There was well, there was one program mm -hmm. in there, mm -hmm. but it was a volunteer program. Mm -hmm. uh, I think um, the Toastmasters program. Okay. So the volunteers from Toastmasters um, oh, yeah. came. And if you're not familiar with Toastmasters, they were like a um, a speech, like Improving a speech. Public yeah, speaking yeah, and public speaking, and they go all around the world, you know, talk in front of crowds. So I thought that was, you know, something to learn, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was it was helpful. We we, we used that program to like kind of meet up and like work on our skills and like. You mm -hmm. know. So that was about it. But I like, have a constituent that that's involved with the Toastmasters. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I will say, having the chance to, to listen to, uh, you know, inmates speak about things like restorative justice or their lives or their experiences, just so impressed with the, the level of public speaking. Yeah, that's like, and that's kind of like, well, people kind of like um, take that for granted, you know. So it's like, I got locked up so young, and then, you know, that's like basic, right? Mm -hmm. Talking in front of somebody or a job interview, right? You know, um, Oh, how how you feeling? Oh, what's going on in solitary confinement? Like what we're talking about, like mm -hmm. you not be able to to speak on that. It's like kind of tough. So it's like, I felt like that program uh, kind of broke that ice for me, you know, mm -hmm. even though it was like a volunteer program, and you know, mm -hmm. so it was good. And I do want to talk about your experiences in solitary confinement, but I am curious. You know, obviously you're a returning citizen now. You've right. been pretty vocal. Um, you know, I would say an advocate on criminal justice reform, but what what are you what are you hoping to do with sort of your experiences and talking about your life as far as now being out in the general public what what would you like to see and you know quite honestly what would you like to see the elected officials or the state do <clears throat> that's a that's a big question it is a big question it's a big yep. question but mm -hmm. like for starters um as far as i want to i want to be sort of like a figure for other people to see like mm -hmm. um because there's a lot of individuals a lot of um brothers and sisters out there that are going through uh, what I went through, right, or are going to go through it, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I want to show and prove that, you know, I went through that, right, and, mm -hmm. you know, it, um, it just doesn't stop when you when you be released because the damage is done and there's so much that, that, that can be done, right? That's how I feel. So as far as, like, legislations, of course, like, we have yourself um, pushing the right bills, all the bills that 
um, can improve such situations. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think I think people feel like it's it's like a big topic, and it's mm -hmm. so vast, and they can't do nothing about it, right? So yeah. they kind of get like get overwhelmed. But um, it all starts with you know baby steps. You know, you yep. just, you gotta just um, find your focus, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, chip away at it. You know, and, I, and I think, um, you know, we can come together, man, and make some magic happen, you know, as far as that, so. And, and we passed a major reform last session, but I think certainly what I've learned is there's so much more to be done. Mm -hmm. And even just implementing, you know, the current law. And, you know, I, I was the author of the one of the main solitary confinement reforms. And yeah. yet, you know, my observations going into the prisons is it's not being fully implemented, you know, hearing from a lot of inmates that, you know, aren't getting the services uh, that are even required in the law. Um, yeah, crazy, if, you know? yeah, it's it's concerning. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can talk about it. And again, I, I can't even imagine what it's like, but what do you, do you have a memory of, of sort of your first time or, or, or times going into solitary confinement? Uh, yeah, I've been in solitary confinement a lot. And um, there are many stories, you know. Yeah. I might need, might need a whole week here. <laughs> solitary <laughs> confinement stories, right? But... Um, I do remember the first time I went, and yeah. it was actually the first time I, it was maybe like the first couple of days, because, um, you know, it's bad enough, you know, um, you know, I got locked up, right, you know, I mm -hmm. uh, got convicted, so I got to do my time, right, so, mm -hmm. um, understandable, so I remember, um, I'm in the, I'm in the truck, right, and mind you, it's sideways, so you're in the truck, there's no windows, yeah. Only the back. So this is the van going yeah, the into van. the prison. Yeah, so the van. So mm -hmm. I remember um, I can hear it. I can hear the gate opening, and then we come through. And then when I look out the back, I see the gate closing, right? It's like I'm in a movie, right? <laughs> so, I see the, so I see the gate closing, and then the CO that was driving us, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if he, like, meant to, like, you know, strike fear in us, but he just like, well, this is the beginning of the end, right? So, like... Mm. So I went in there and went to intake. I think the next day, right? I think I locked up. Oh, I got locked up on summer of '06. Mm -hmm. So the very next day, um, I'm in like a, like a dormitory uh, intake thing. So it's like okay. bunks. You know, it's like a lot of mm -hmm. people in there, right? It's hot. You know, so um, you know, I'm thinking like, you know what? I'm gonna keep it cool, right? I'm respectful anyway. I come from mm -hmm. a you know, a disciplined family, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to just stay out the way, you know, show respect, right? Nope. First, uh, my first um, encounter with a correctional officer, mm -hmm. right, was, it was just crazy. It was just like, it was so shocking to me, like, how he was talking to me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, like, what did I do to this dude, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, all right, I understand. Okay, cool. So, you know, I kind of like um, brushed that under the rug. Mm -hmm. But then, like, just how they treat and their mentality of, you know, talking down on you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like eventually, you know, we bumped heads, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't even nothing crazy. Like, mind mm -hmm. you, well, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on, so I'm not even trying to do nothing crazy yet, right? So, you know, I'm talking to him, and then he's just, like, raising his voice, raising his voice, telling me to do this. I'm like, yo, I am sitting over here. What are you talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. I guess luck to the hole, just for like. And this is like your first day, yeah, your second day. Yeah, like my second day. Yeah. Go right to mm -hmm. the hole. Um, just just because he can, he could do that, right? Yeah. You know, um, mm -hmm. 
because I was concerned about something and I voiced my opinion or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And it's like he just had the solitary confinement under his, you know, in his back pocket and he used yeah. it. So I went to the hole. Um, I remember going there, got escorted to the hole, and it was just like a different world. It's a different world in there. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a jail within a jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So going there immediately, noisy, dirty. Um, going to, I go in the cell. Uh, cell's a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even want to touch nothing in there. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a mattress yet. And you're, and you're alone, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm alone, and yep. it's just... It was just hell getting out. Of it. it was hell getting out of there. So mm-hmm. that's how. That's when I. That's when I learned. Like you know what? It's like people think, you know, on the streets when they think of the hole, they think that um oh you gotta do something you know uh you must be doing something crazy yeah or like right. you know what I'm saying like nah people go to the hole all the time for nothing mm-hmm. you know but to the hole plenty of times for like having um uh too many sneakers mm-hmm. right or like uh. You know, my ID wasn't in the right spot or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? So, so you, you really see that power differential yeah. immediately. Yeah. yeah. So immediately, mm-hmm. that was like my first time in the hole. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's how I remember it because it was sort of like, you know, a mind shock, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 it's like you understand the dynamics, right? Mm-hmm. But when it happens, you know, to you, and it's like, oh, this is real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. And it's it's so it's very noisy because you've got you know fellow prisoners talking at correction officers you got noise happening yeah. but you're but you're probably isolated so what is that what is that like I mean how, do you feel isolated being in that cell or yeah of course um you know there's a mentality in there you know you gotta like uh, tough it out you know what I'm saying but um once you put in that cell and mind you some spots you know you have a you know um a, a roommate in there with you you know what I'm saying? Mm, mm-hmm. You're in there with, with another person sometimes. Mm. But when you're in there and that door closes, you know, you take the cuffs off. Like I said, it's empty at first. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is dirty, right? And it's like you don't even know where to begin. You know, mm-hmm. It's like being locked in your bathroom. You know, imagine being locked in your bathroom and you can't even leave. Yeah. Right? And the bathroom's dirty. Like you're in a public bathroom somewhere yeah. locked in and you can't even get out of there. That's exactly how it was, you know? And then... Um, Were there any... Do you feel any mental health impacts or any delusions or, I mean, did it hit you like that or? Yeah, after a while. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to find things to occupy your, your time and space in there. So like, you know, not to sound like I'm crazy or anything, but like, yeah, people do talk to themselves, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, do, sure. um, you know, just to like, not like, you know, on some uh, crazy movie stuff, but like you have to like, talk your way through things sometimes um like yo this is crazy boom 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 or when is it when is it what time is it yeah um you think of the movie castaway and you know the yeah, yeah. tom hanks here talking to wilson the yeah Bible, i mean just to have some social yeah the, the, the mind the mind will do that to you you know yeah. so like depending on you know what level your mental fortitude is that i mean a couple of days for some people that's that's enough you know mm-hmm. for them so and, um, and was there any mental health support or interaction on education programs when you're in nah. solitary confinement? See, mental health in there, it's, it's, to me, it's a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, some people in there might have, you know, good intentions, but, like, you got to understand this. When you're inside of there, you know, the DOC or any of the counties, you know, they have no oversight, so they're controlling everything. Mm-hmm. So right. mental health is under them, yep. right? Right. Um, 
So if I say I did have an issue, like which I had an issue in there plenty of times, right? Yeah. Mental health comes with uh, a guard mm-hmm. to your door. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what's what's bothering you? And you're like, you're sitting there through the door. You, you have to talk. I'm like, yeah. Everyone is in your business. So not even face to face, really. You're no, right. no, not face to face. Then you got, mm-hmm. then you got the same guard who works in the hole. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In your business, so it's like it's not really, mm-hmm. you know, um, conducive to like really trying to figure that out with your uh, mental health mm-hmm. situation, you know. Sure. What would you What would you like to see improve? I mean, we're we're trying to eliminate solitary confinement, or as the DOC calls it, restrictive housing. But what would you like to see if you know, assuming that there's going to be some solitary confinement continue? What would you like to see in terms of the the correction officers, the services, the support, what what would be ideal? Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, um, you know, I don't understand, you know, the um, the troubles, or I would say, or that they have to do to run a facility in there, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I will say that a lot can happen, mm-hmm. you know, overnight. Yeah. You know, just simple things, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, say if I did have a mental health issue, and um, one, getting mental health, have access to mental health when I need it. Mm-hmm. That's the first and foremost. Sometimes people call crisis or have mental health issues, and they don't get the chance to see no mental health people because, mm-hmm. like I said, you have the correctional officers. Mm-hmm. You're, like, kind of like you have to go through them for that. Mm-hmm. So if they feel like you don't yeah. need to see mental health, that you ain't going to see mental health, right? Right. So, like, um, having some way of getting access to mental health when you need okay. it. Um, yep. And then when they come to you, obviously for security reasons, but I want to be talking to somebody face-to-face and not around, you know, offices. So move to a conference room or somewhere yeah. else where you have that comfort level. Yeah, because, you know, certain, certain spots or most spots have, like, little um, conference rooms on mm-hmm. the unit. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, just escort me there. Right, um, you know, you, if you want, you can keep me locked up here or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and then they just let me, um, you know, talk about my issues, man, without you eavesdropping. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's that's like the most simplest thing that can happen overnight, you know, mm-hmm. at least. And, and part of the law now is requiring, um, you know, tablets in in the restrictive housing, uh, more access to education programs, and also a, a review, a regular review. Um, really, in my view, to, to sort of address the power differential, you know, where the correction officer or management has all the power. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that would make a difference? Would that be helpful? Well, um, to my understanding, they, 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 they're kind of doing that now. They're right? starting to. They're starting yep. to. Yep. Um, when, like, Shirley Max, mm-hmm. um, I think they have access to their tablets. But even though it, that, I don't even want to, like, entertain that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because... Um, I think uh, I was at one of the um, restrictive housing oversight committee meetings, right? Yep. And um, I was asked, you know, what if we gave, you know, what if we gave them tablets in the hole? What if we gave mm-hmm. you a, a tablet while you was in the hole? I'm like, you know, that would have probably made a difference for like an hour or two, truthfully. But <laughs> yeah. it's just a Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, we right. already got Walkmans in, our, in, our, in the hole. Mm-hmm. It's just a Band-Aid and it's not fixing or focusing on the main problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the main problem is isolation time and how long you're in there. Yeah. Right? So, like, they have tablets in the hole now, but for me, I'm thinking, like, um, 
you know, what if I have no money? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, what, can't you know, what kind of what access can I have on this tablet, right? Mm-hmm. And then what they're doing now, and Shirley Max in the whole, um, how do you think they charge the tablets? The charge mm-hmm. is not in your cell, you know, mm-hmm. so therefore you got to go, oh, CEO, can you yep. charge my tablet? Yep. And, and then depending on the officer and his rapport with you, yeah. You might not even get your, your tablet charged or even see your tablet. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is um, your tablet's not even coming to the hole. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So that's an issue, too. So it's like there's always a way to circumvent certain things. So it's like, mm-hmm. like you said, taking a power, yeah. you know, out of their hands. And then um, and that's the only way we can start moving these pieces around, you know? That, and that's the question I always have about, you know, the power of... A correction officer, perhaps individually, versus management, and you know, I've, I've talked to the administration, you know, the the undersecretary of EOPS under the Governor Baker, about well, well, how is it that management isn't creating a uniform, clear standard that a correction officer couldn't show favorites or couldn't deny, you know, an inmate access to a tablet or, or canteen? What what is your view about why that doesn't happen? Uh, short, simple. They don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't want to do it. So, um, and you talking about management? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they have to be um, retrained, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You, you're talking about you're talking about people that have no people skills or a lack of people skills, and mm-hmm. um, and blatant some uh, not to say it, but like you know, blatant racism is going on with, with mm-hmm. correctional officers in there. So like, these are the people you're trying to talk to, and then like. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I think it's like more so the control and power that you're yeah. trying to take away. So like, that's that, why it's kind of like sketchy, you know. And I think that's an important point is, you know, pretty much every state prison or, or county jail I go into, majority correction officers are white and uh, usually either majority or, you know, close to 50% uh, people of color. Right. And so there's that, you know, institutional racism bias that's another bar. Yeah, sucks, you know. <laughs> Plainly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really trying to address, you know, management actually getting involved in creating yeah. a uniform standard and perhaps more training. Yeah, more training. And it can happen. I mean, we just got to change this mentality of like, you know, absolute control and, you know, oppression, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you're going to get locked up. I'm going to have more control over you and make you even worse. Mm-hmm. Right, and then kick you back out to society. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we've been doing that for years, man. We've been doing that yeah. for years, and it's not working. So, mm-hmm. like you said, we, it's, a, it's more training. We just got to shift that dynamic a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think uh, if we work together, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. we can have like a brighter future as far as that. You know, absolutely. So obviously, I'm I'm a state legislator. We're having this conversation. What what would you say to the legislature in general, or to to your Legislators, what would you like to see us work on as far as the criminal justice and what could make the biggest difference? Um, support, support bills like your, like like your, your like your bills. I don't know the, the right numbers right now, but like you know you have mm-hmm. the bills for um you know uh, the no cost calls, you know um, mm-hmm. improved visitation, right? Bills like that, um, get behind that, right? That that's saying something that means a lot, and just using just understanding that this is really going on. Like, mm-hmm. this is not, you know, talking and, like, 
this is a movie. This is like really going on, like right and now. It's not happening in another state. No, no, it's happening it's right here. Right here in and then like yep. people are getting yeah. tortured. You know, um, you, you hear the stories, foul conditions, mm -hmm. and then these are the people, you know, like myself, right, mm -hmm. coming back here into these communities, and then like, so it's like, what are we gonna do about this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So um, it's really going down. It's really going on. So I feel that, you know support these legislative bills that are being mm -hmm. passed and um, just use their whatever power they have mm -hmm. right if you had a power to just walk in there one day you know just regular visit mm -hmm. just walk in sure yeah you know what I mean? so, and then um, you'll see yeah you know just um like I said I didn't see it I didn't understand it until you really experience it but like walk in there see what's going on and then see for yourself you know? sure well, I appreciate your, your advocacy and, you know, clearly there's an impact happening, but there's so much more to be done. Of course, so, of course. So I really want to thank you for speaking out. I know that can be a very difficult thing, you know, for a returning citizen, but thank you so much for coming on The Eldridge Files. It's always an honor. Thank you for having me, to see man. You. So thanks very All much, right. Darrell. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks for watching another episode of The Eldridge Files, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. please stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you.